0: You're listening to Taz Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9 a.m. you can hear what the Bible says about the past, current and future events, learn how to study the Bible more effectively, get to know who God is why we're here and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Tabitha Zachariah, and today we have Daniel Mateo in the studio. Daniel is our new presenter and he's taking over RACO Sports on Wednesdays. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you. How are you today, Daniel?
1: Yeah, feeling well. Yeah, feeling well in yourself.
0: I'm good. I'm good, thanks. I hope your week is going okay.
1: Yeah, pretty well. Yeah, uh, recovering from a knee surgery at the moment. So uh, yeah, interesting times.
0: Mm, I hope that is going well. And I hope you feel um, back to your old self soon. Thank you. <laughs> um, so Daniel, I believe our listeners haven't um, had an encounter, an interaction with you. Um, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, um, my, my job is that, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a pastor, I'm a minister of religion and uh, uh, specializing in, uh, in young people, uh, working with young people. Yeah, I'm married, I've got two kids. Um, yeah, I started out uh, my working life uh, in South Queensland in the military and uh, yeah, I did that for five years. I um, uh, was in the security industry for a little while and then uh, went away to, uh, to study a degree in uh, theology and ministry. I was in North Queensland for uh, for 5 years as a pastor and then yeah now I'm down here in Tasmania. Uh.
0: We're happy to have you Daniel and I what I know about is that you're very passionate um about sharing with young people um you're a youth minister are you?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I coordinate uh youth ministry for uh for for our church for Tasmania. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. Thank you for joining us, and uh, we look forward to hearing what you have to share with us in your new series, which I believe is called "Drawing from the Well." Um. Can you give us a brief introduction into what it, this is about?
1: Yeah. Sure. Yeah. and no, I'm excited about uh, spending a bit of time with you and uh, and and our listeners and uh, and talking a little bit about that. Yeah. So our, our series, as we gather together, I suppose on Wednesdays, is uh, is going to be. Uh, talking in particular about uh, how we can understand, how we can explore, uh, how we can interpret the Bible for, for ourselves, what it means for us today, uh, how we can, um, uh, I guess, make our way through uh, discovering and understanding it, and more than anything else, applying it. I think that's the most important thing is why is it that uh, that we would care about this book uh, that was written all of these thousands of years ago and uh, what impact it has in our lives today. Yeah,
0: mm, mm. Very interesting for sure. So stay with us throughout this program and um, you can learn more about um what Daniel is going to share with us and just to remind our listeners our show number is zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. um you can text us any questions you may have um feedback or answers to any questions that we will ask you um and we'll be able to respond to them accordingly and you can also catch us through the um Faith FM app or the Faith FM website um that is faithfm.com.au where you can actually listen to previous recordings that we've already done. Um so Daniel, um in this series of drawing from the well, what are you going to talk about today?
1: Yeah, well today what I'd, I'd like for us to do is to to talk about how we can uh really uh relate to the scripture how we are that we're how we're supposed to relate to the Bible, you know, how we can uh, interact with it and, and uh, begin to understand it for ourselves. So yeah. That's what we'll be talking about. Uh.
0: Okay. Um so did you want us to pray before yeah, we for get sure. into it? Okay. Yeah,
1: let's do that. Yeah. Uh dear Lord, we can't understand or um I guess even relate to your word without your help and so we're just asking in this moment as we uh, as we come before you that uh, that your spirit will help us give us insight understanding lead our thoughts and guide our minds amen amen oh. yeah so uh, i guess uh, the, the biggest question that I had when I came to faith was, uh, was what, what is this book that I'm holding in my hands, this uh, this book that we understand now as being the Bible? You know, obviously this isn't just uh, a singular book, it's actually an anthology or a compilation of uh, 66 ancient works, mm. and uh, which many, many people around the world uh, see as, uh, as a spiritual book that's going to lead them closer to God, and it's... Um, I guess it's a basis for Western society and law mm-hmm. uh, as well as uh, had had a big impact on many other cultures as well so what, what is it that we're holding here how can we understand it you know mm. Mm. so uh, another question I might ask myself I asked myself was uh, you know is it actually worth listening to has it got anything to say that's meaningful mm-hmm. or that matters or that uh, I guess applies because if like me, you've read some ancient pieces of literature, you've found that sometimes they can be quite strange and uh, difficult to understand. And uh, and the Bible's no different. There's some stuff in there that uh, that is uh, at times confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I've asked myself uh, when I was first coming to faith, does it even matter what the Bible says on a particular subject for my life? You know, mm-hmm. am I free to just, um, I guess, take what I like and leave what I don't? Or or, uh, or is it uh, something more objective than that? So, really, I, w- I want to talk about how we can interact with the scripture today. Yeah, mm. have you found in your journey of faith that uh, that the Bible has been uh, difficult to engage with at times?
0: Yes. Um. So, <laughs> what I used to do, like, I used to read the Bible just like open, um, read the verses that I'm familiar with, or that I feel apply to my situation, or to what like I want to hear or hear God say. And I didn't like I'm um, used to read the Bible the whole Bible because um I used to find some scriptures really hard to understand, especially Daniel um like when it comes to prophecy, I used to struggle with that, but then you know when I actually decided to dedicate more time to actually and I pray to God to give me that understanding, I started to understand it, and i find I now find it very intriguing and um, interesting and um recently I started like reading the Bible from Genesis and uh, when I got to Exodus, was it Numbers? Exodus, the third book of the Bible is Leviticus, is it?
1: That's right. Oh,
0: yeah. So when I got to that point, I was wondering, oh, okay, what is all this about um, offering, sin offering and um, peace offering and all that? And I was thinking, oh, like, does this even apply to my life because we don't give um, animal sacrifice anymore? But then I I thought, no, actually, this something that i can draw out of that scripture passage and um yeah i, I just there's always something um, that god is trying to say to us
1: yeah that, well that's wonderful and, and leviticus is a is a classic example of uh of i guess this idea that uh you know something that that is very ancient sounding very strange to us today and and that's part of what we'll talk about today how do we in, interact with an ancient text and uh, and what does it mean for us yeah yeah that's wonderful well well look uh I guess as an as by way of introduction, I'd love to read uh, what uh, what Peter wrote um, in one of his letters. So it's in Second Peter chapter three, verse one to five, and it might give us a little bit of an introduction to, uh, I guess, this subject. So um, you wouldn't be able to uh, read that passage for me, by any chance, would you? Yes,
0: I can. Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming he promised? Ever since our ancestors died, everything has gone on as it has since the beginning of creation, but deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heaven came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water.
1: Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, a bit of a longer passage, but uh, Peter really has something to say about Scripture here uh, hmm. that's important for us to understand. The, f- the first one is that uh, he says there uh, in verse one of that he's written, writing his letters to remind you to stimulate. To remind us, to stimulate us to wholesome thinking. He says, I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets. That's what we might understand as being the Old Testament today, mm. you know, and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. And that perhaps would be what we'd understand as being the New Testament. Okay, mm. so that's the New Testament written by, you know, we've got uh, the stories of Jesus and the Gospels, and uh, that's been communicated to us by the, uh, by his apostles, by his disciples. And so Peter really is trying to encourage people to engage with, uh, engage with Scripture. That's the most important thing. And, and he makes a prediction, actually, a bit of a prophecy about our day. And he says, you have to understand that in the last days, mm-hmm. scoffers will come, that there will be an attitude of, uh, of disdain, of disrespect, of hatred for Scripture in the last days, that this will be one of the signs. And, um, and that he says that they'll come scoffing and following their own evil desires. So this is really key because we have to understand that sometime all of us in our lives need to decide where do we get our concept of right or wrong from. You know, the majority of people, I suppose, they they are taught what's right and wrong from their parents and they sort of just maybe uh, assimilate that into their lives. There might be important mentors, Uh, there might be school teachers and school rules uh, that uh, that impress on them a basic idea of right and wrong. A lot of people get um, what they think is right and wrong from uh, the media, you know the television shows and uh, movies and so forth that they that they watch or books that they read. and then they get their concept of what we call a morality from uh, from subjective sources. So when you're just deciding in yourself what feels right and wrong, you really are on a shaky foundation because I mean after all, we all feel differently. You know, I might have a feeling inside myself that, um, you know, I think it really might be okay, or I might be able to come up with some sort of justify, justification or reason why it might be okay to come and steal some of your things. And you might feel very differently. You might feel, well, it's really wrong for you to come and steal some of my things, and, uh, and you might disagree with that. So, unless we've got an objective source of what's right and wrong, Uh, then really our our society will continue to crumble because we won't have a firm foundation to build on. And this really is uh, is part of Peter's prophecies here. He says um, that that they'll be following their own evil desires. Increasingly, people won't have an objective source of morality. And this is what the Bible... um, Purports to be it says here's something that you can depend on it comes it's not just about human feelings and opinions it comes from a source that's above all of us, an authority that's above all of us that gets to set what's right and wrong and which is uh it just becomes true no matter who we are and no matter what we think yeah
0: hmm. and as we can all agree, that's why we have the law um because we have something that binds us to our actions like there are consequences for everything that we do so we make sure we do the right thing so we don't get on the wrong side of the law. Um, our first song is Word of God Speak by Mercy Me.
2: I'm finding myself at a loss for words, and the fun thing is it's over. A- Last thing I need is to be heard, but to hear what you would say, the word of God speak. Would you pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty, to be still and know? That you're in this place Please let me stay and rest In your holiness Word of God speak Finding myself in the midst of you Beyond the music Beyond the noise All that I need Is to be with you And in the quiet Hear your voice Word of God speak Would you pour down like rain Washing my eyes to see your majesty. To be still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in your holiness. Word of God speaks. Your majesty, be still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in your holiness. I'm finding myself.
0: You're listening to Taz Counties on Faith FM, and uh, we're talking with Daniel Mateo today on the topic of how to understand the Bible. And in the previous section, we read from the book of Second Peter chapter 3, verses 1 to 5, where Peter is encouraging us to read the Bible, and not just the Old Testament, but the New Testament as well, because um, Old Scripture has um, been given to us for
1: a reason. Um, so what do you have for us in
0: this section, Daniel?
1: Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's wonderful. Thank you. Tabitha, yeah, no, well, I guess as we move into the next section, I'd just like us to, to point to our next uh, reading, which is in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 to 17, and uh, if we can uh, read that one together, just a, little, a few things to point out there that's important for us to understand.
0: Sure, okay, I can read that, um, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and um how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work.
1: Mm, beautiful. Thank you for reading that. Mm. Um, I guess the most important point here that uh, that Paul's making is that uh, as he as he writes to young pastor Timothy, uh, is that all Scripture is uh, is important for to make us wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. It says, and this is um, is the most important thing, um, that uh, all Scripture we find points to uh, points to our Lord, and uh, I guess some of the problems that have arisen. Over the history of of uh, people of faith have come when when jesus hasn 't been the center of uh, of understanding the scripture his love his gospel um, his uh, his attitude of uh, i guess love and inclusion for all people and when they haven 't been kept at the set, center of what we call interpretation of of the Bible, we can I guess get to some quite hateful and and um, and problematic interpretation sometimes. So, uh, the idea that uh, that that Paul says here that it's the the centre of it is uh, is making us wise. First of all, we get that wisdom, but not just wisdom which we do get from uh, from the scripture. It does uh, contain an amazing amount of wisdom for life, but uh, it makes us wise for salvation. So we can understand how we can uh, know God and and uh, be part of His kingdom, but through faith. In Christ Jesus. So that is, the, that is the center, I believe, that's the hub. In fact, Jesus uh, kind of um, associates himself quite closely with his word, uh, particularly in the book of John, that we find uh, that Jesus, for example, says, Well, Jesus didn't say it, John says of Jesus, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, the word was God. He compares uh, Jesus with the word. Um, likewise uh, Jesus said once um, these scriptures testify of me or they point people to me in another place he said these words that I speak to you they are spirit and they are life so that's the center Um, yeah so uh, I guess that is uh, an important point there Uh, secondly we find it says all scripture is God breathed in uh, 2 Timothy 3 all scripture is God breathed another word for that is inspired you know when you inspire you breathe in and you breathe out and um, and uh, you inspire and you expire, and, and Scripture purports here or claims to be inspired of God that uh, that the Holy Spirit has breathed these words uh, through the authors. Know, yeah, sorry, go for it.
0: Sorry oh. for that. Uh, you know what that reminds me? It reminds me of when God created us because he formed us out of um, the ground and out of dust and... Uh, he made clay and then he breathed life into us. So when we, I'm just thinking when um, Paul is saying uh, the scripture is God breathed, like it's, it's like it's a source of life, basically.
1: Absolutely. You know, mm. and as as I just said, Jesus said, you know, these words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. And there's something living about God's word. And I guess one of the one of the things I'd love to communicate to to our listeners today is it's just the joy of of being with God in His presence and the and the fact that a living God that this isn't just a normal book like War and Peace or A Tale of Two Cities or you know the Chronicles of Narnia this is this is a living book a living word, and that if we will actually come to it with an open heart, that, that God will speak. And, and I've been amazed that uh, maybe a verse that I might know forwards, backwards and upside down, that uh, sometimes I'll come to that with fresh problems and fresh issues going on in my life. And, um, and the Spirit of God will speak to me through those words in a way that I never ever thought or imagined before. And that becomes the rhythm of life. It's a beautiful thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so as, uh, as Paul rounds up that little thought that you read for us before, he says, All Scripture is God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. And um, so that's very, very, oh, and equipping, training righteousness, so the servant of God might be thoroughly equipped. So we have those those different, um, I guess, uh, functions that Scripture serves. So teaching is, another word for that is doctrine or um or having a right understanding of God. Okay, so it's important for that. It's important for rebuking. So this is where the idea of right and wrong comes in when our lives are headed in a, I guess, in a negative direction and uh, and we we come face to face with something that God says in his word that our hearts are convicted and, um, and the spirit comes into our hearts and we uh, receive power to do a 360 and uh, turn around and start moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. It's useful for correcting Uh, It says, which is important because sometimes uh, we might be, you know, not entirely going on the wrong track, but just getting a little bit off the wrong way. And so uh, correcting is like just when you're just maybe a a step or two off the right path, just straightening you back up again. That's important. And training, knowing how to do what's right and knowing how to be equipped to serve God. So all of these functions are what uh, what scripture purports to, to fill in our lives. Yeah.
0: Beautiful for sure.
1: Hmm. So, as we, uh, as we move past that, I'd just like to get into this idea of how we actually confront or engage with with the Bible itself. And there's an interesting little um, couple of verses in Nehemiah that I love that sort of point to this. Now, I'm going to ask you to read it for me, but actually this is one of those funny verses in the Bible that has a lot of difficult names to say. So, um, would you like to have a go at reading the names or would you rather skip them? <laughs> I'd rather skip it. <laughs> You're right. That's fine. No problem. So you can just say the Levites, and then you can skip all those names. Guys, we're going to read from Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 7 to 8. So if you would like to read all of those funny names, perhaps some of uh, we might have some um, uh, pregnant ladies out there that might be looking for interesting names for their young men uh, growing up. But uh, you, yeah, you, um, Tabitha's going to skip it today. Thank you. I'll
0: Tabitha. give you the scripture passage because I don't want to turn this into a comedy show. <laughs> Oh yeah, The scripture is um, from Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 7 to 8. Um, the Levites, um, and I'll skip their names, instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there, they read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was
1: being read. Okay, beautiful. Thank you. So they, they, they were read from the book of the law of God, so that's what... Um, uh, I guess we, um, Jewish people call it the Torah, so that's the writings of Moses, the first five books of the Bible. They read from the book of the Lord, they made it clear, and they gave the meaning so people could understand. Now, this is a really, really important little couple of verses. I, I mean, I didn't notice it. I've read the Bible through a number of times and uh, didn't notice it until very recently how important this is. This is actually what we call exegesis. Have you ever heard that word before, Tabitha?
0: no. Oh, I have, yeah, no, <laughs> but yeah. I
1: can't remember the meaning. Yeah, exegesis—it just—it means—it means a drawing out of meaning. You know, a drawing out of meaning where you have something that you read, and and it might not always be easy to understand, and so um, you're going to draw the meaning out, okay? And uh, and so we're going to um, look through some of the tools that we can um, we can use to to do that in a way that's faithful, because um, everybody is going to. If everybody's going to interpret the Bible. If you ever said, heard somebody say, oh, you know, when Jesus said this, what he meant was blah, 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 blah. Well, that's interpretation. And mm. everybody does it. But it's important to do it in a way that is accurate and faithful. And um, and we can do that using a few questions that we can ask of the text. And if we're faithful, that what we can get is, a, is an accurate interpretation or meaning. Yeah, mm.
0: oh. I think most people are prone to taking ex up. Excerpts from the scripture like just speaking one scripture one verse out of the whole context not understanding where the context that verse falls and just um, attaching their own interpretation into it i remember there was this time um sometime some years back i had a friend who said to me oh i'm um, the Bible says that we're not meant to baptize like by immersing in water like the way we do at Seventh Day Adventist um and um he pointed out a scripture passage which says go, um John used to baptize by um is it fire I can't remember. That it was with
1: fire,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, another scripture passage, that was backing it up, and uh, I, I was almost convinced. I, I was really worried at a certain point. I was like, oh, have I been doing the wrong, have I hmm. been, you know, agreeing to a wrong thing? And I remember saying it to my mom, and um, she actually told me, you have to be very careful how you interpret um, some scripture passages.
1: Yeah, oh well, that's an interesting story. Well, I mean, you know, re- referring to the verse that uh, that you just said um is we don't um I mean, how often do you see people baptized in fire? That that wouldn't be uh if that was something that John was saying that was literal, you know, then um uh then uh, obviously becoming a Christian would would you know result in you having third degree burns right yeah, exactly. you know so uh, <laughs> um, he was talking about something else, and um yeah. and he was he was talking symbolically and that seems uh, that seems obvious as you read the context by the way i'm um, picking out um you know a few verses is something that we d- will do a little bit on this program, but um what we hope is that our readers will read the context and see that we're not we're not being inra- inaccurate to what the bible's saying because um uh because just from brevity you know you can't read a whole chapter right. So uh, yeah, so coming into our next section, we'll go through a little bit um, the tools, the questions that we can ask uh, of the text um, in order to uh, to arrive at a faithful interpretation. Yeah,
0: mm. indeed. Um, I mean, just to clarify, the friend was not saying that we're meant to be baptised by fire. Um, he's Catholic. There's something else he was trying to say, like, we're not supposed to immerse in water or something. And, um, I just can't remember the exact scripture passage. So that makes it a bit hard. But yeah, I remember he drew verses from the Bible and I was like, okay, this is in the Bible. So how can I, how can it not be true? But yeah, it just really, sometimes you just have to pray to God anyway to guide you. Um, when you're reading the Bible. And just to mention our offer for today, we have a free book offer, which is the book, We Can Trust the Bible by Tim Lell, And I will give you more information later on. Uh, but let's listen to this song first um, called Give Me the Bible by Matt Minikas and Clint McCoy.
3: Give me the Bible, star of gladness gleaming. To cheer the lone and tempest-toss No storm can hide that peaceful radiance beaming Since Jesus came to seek and save the lost Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow Precept and promise, fall in love combining Till night shall vanish in eternal day Give me the Bible when my heart is broken When sin and grief have filled my soul with fear Give me the precious words by Jesus spoken Hold up faith's lamp to show my Savior dear Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise, law and love Till night shall vanish in eternal day Teach me the danger of these realms below That lamp of safety or the gloom shall brighten That light alone the path of peace can show Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way, precept and promise, law and love me till night shall vanish in eternal day. In eternal day. In
1: This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.
0: That was Give Me the Bible by Matt Minikas and Clint McCoy. And you're listening to Taz Encounters with Daniel Mateo. And uh, Daniel is presenting a series, Drawing from the World. And today Daniel is talking about how to understand the Bible. And um, in the previous uh, section, Daniel shared about um, drawing meaning from the Bible. Like um, every when you read the scripture, it's good to um have some meaning out of it and not just read for the sake of um reading or completing some you know some uh, mission or something like that um before we continue we've had um Freko um text in he said hi great to have you back sharing god's word and the laws of god are beautiful gift and blessing to us all and we want to live um and be saved and uh, that gives us um, direction in every way. Um, thank you, Freko, for sharing. It's good to have you back as well. And I um, hope we can be blessed together. Um, the last time I checked, you had some issues with technology. Uh, I believe that is resolved now, which is good. Um, yes, yeah, so let's continue uh, being blessed by God's word. Um, what do you have for us in this section,
1: Daniel? Uh, thank you, Tabitha. Yeah, so uh, as we finished up last time, I said that there's some. There's actually some 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 questions that we can ask of of scripture uh, that can give up, that can help us to understand. And so um, I, I just want us, as we're as we're listening, as we're uh, thinking about these things, to just do a little mental exercise. And that is just imagine that you have in front of you an open Bible. Okay, so if you can just uh, picture that that uh, in front of you there is a there is a, uh, um, a open Bible, a physical book uh, there. And I guess you're coming to a particular section of the Bible. And you're reading it. So just imagine you're reading this uh, this text, whatever it is. You're reading a passage there out of the Bible. So how can I how can I really understand what it's saying to me? Well, the first thing is that I want to understand, I want to ask the question, what is the world behind the text? So I want you to imagine the Bible's there in front of you and imagine that there's a whole world behind that Bible. And what do I mean by that? I mean, I want to study and try and find out what was the situation that the original author was writing to and addressing? How did those first people that ever read that, that text understand it? What was their culture? What was their background? Um, what sort of issues were they going through at the time? You know, what did it mean for them? What was the world behind the text? What was going on when that when that text was written? And, that, and all this is really is trying to find out what we call situational context. You know, uh, Tabitha, I'm sure that um, if... Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you maybe you send a text message or you say something to somebody, and um, and maybe sometimes somebody might grab that text message and forward it on to another person without context, and uh, and you look like you're a really bad person, you know, and it's, you know, if somebody snatch grabs something that you've said and, and takes it out of context, they might say, hey, did, did you guys hear that Tabitha said this about you, you know, and then send this text message, and it seems like you've said something really horrible, but yeah. if you had the whole conversation, then you would understand what was really going on. Mm,
0: you know? They screenshot my <laughs> part of the conversation and they leave their responses out.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, um, so that can be a problem, and, and people do that that with God as, as well, as you were saying in the last section, taking things out of context to understand um, the way that we want to understand it. But if we understand the world behind the text, and, and that takes a little bit of study, you know, it might take study of archaeology, it might take study of culture, it might take, stu- uh, take study of history, and but as much information as we can gather um, about the world behind the text, understand what was going when it was written, that that can give us context. The next question that we can ask is what is the world around the text? And so I want you to imagine, again, you've got your Bible open and you're looking at a piece of a passage of Scripture and think about all of the text that's going on around it, you know? And as I said before, you can't just pick out a little word or a verse. You need to read, you know, the whole chapter, read the whole book or, or find out what other things that, um, or, you know, even the, in the wider, uh, what we call intertextual sort of relationships between different Bible books with each other as well. You know, sometimes... You know, you can understand uh, something that Paul is saying only when you've, uh, you've got the background of reading uh, Matthew or Mark or Luke or John. You, when you understand the story of Jesus, then something that Paul's saying makes sense. So what's the world around the text? The other things in the Bible that add meaning and context. Something that we can do to help us with that might be we might be able to do word searches with, with Bible search software or whatever and find out other places that um, some of these keywords are used and uh, what light that throws uh, on the text that we're reading. So the third question that we can ask is, um, sorry, did you want to say something about that? No? Okay. sorry. (laughs) yeah, the third question we can ask is, what is the world above the text? And as I said in our last section, this is really the most important question, and that is that what does, you know, if, if we've got our Bible open in front of us again, above the text we have God, you know, and what is this text telling me about God? What is this telling me about Jesus? What do I learn about God's self from uh, from this? And uh, and as we read it, you know, as we read the whole scripture, you know, sometimes it might, it, you know, God might be doing something confusing or strange or surprising. And uh, sometimes he might, we might totally understand what he's doing and why he's doing it. But, uh, but the point is every time it's going to say something about him. And that includes all of the stuff that people sometimes, you know, um, uh, take out a context like revelation and stuff, you know what is this telling me about jesus ought to be the ought to be the center of it and uh, and we ought to anticipate being surprised when we think about what does the bible say about about god 's self because after all i mean we 're dealing with the concept of an of an infinite mind and uh, and if that 's really true uh, this concept of the or this idea of an infinite mind uh, that is God, he ought to always probably act in ways that don't always make sense to us you know so we ought to, not to be surprised to be surprised and the fourth question that we ought to ask and i think that this really is uh, is is key is is we got to ask what is the world in front of the text and as i've got my bible open in front of me again what's in front of the text is me what does this mean for me how does this apply to my life today in the 21st century what does this mean uh, in, in 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 terms of my uh, daily interaction with with my loved ones, and how can I apply this uh, in a way that uh, is loving and. And, uh, and and causes uh, my life and the people around the lives of the people around me to uh, to improve. So those are the four questions: What's the world behind the text, the culture or situational context? What's the world around the, co- the the text, the textual context? What's the world above the text? What does this tell me about God? And what's the world in front of the text? What does this mean for me today? And so if we think about those questions as we come to scripture, we can interact with it in a way that's positive. Yeah.
0: Mm. Mm. And I remember when I was reading the book of Leviticus. Oh, as I mentioned earlier, um, I was really struggling because I was wondering how this applies to me and um, so I was thinking, oh, maybe I should think about I should ask myself this question, what does this tell me about God and I remember mentioning it to you, Daniel, and you said to me um its so it teaches us the um role of Jesus in our lives as the sacrifice who like um who, um, like, sacrificed his life for our sins. So because of Jesus, we don't have to offer any more sacrifice anymore. And I was like, yeah, actually, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Uh,
1: Yeah, and uh, as I said before, Leviticus is a classic example of this. That is a book that a lot of people come to and say, this is just so strange. It seems to have nothing whatsoever to say or do for me today. But uh, I had a really, really um, life-changing experience uh, when I was travelling in Israel uh, in 2018, just, uh, just yeah, 2018, and and that I actually attended a messianic synagogue, uh, which is uh, which is a synagogue of uh, of a Jewish community there in in Jerusalem, uh, who believe that Jesus is the Messiah. As we know, most Jewish people don't um, accept Jesus as being their, their Messiah. But this uh, this community did, and uh, at the beginning of the service, as the rabbi carried the big scrolls of scripture around the around the congregation, uh, these Jewish uh, this Jewish community, these people that have um, uh, have accepted Jesus as their savior, they were weeping, uh, trying to to touch the scrolls, uh, trying to kiss them, and um, and as he read, and it was a reading from Leviticus as something that seemed very strange and unconnected to my life. You know, people were, were literally weeping because they, in their cultural context, could see the significance of the love of God in that passage. And so I really think sometimes that, um, that we need to dig. You know, we continue to seek and, and we'll find, if we continue to dig and understand more and more, that we're going to find a deep, spiritual, abiding faith uh, arising from not just the passages of Scripture that are easy to, to read, but, but also the difficult ones as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Indeed. Um, as we move on, I just want to mention some more information about our book offer for today, which is um, the book, We Can Trust the Bible. And um, this is a book that helps us understand where the Bible came from, and that is by Tim Lee. And um, so in this book... Um, We can ask ourselves this question, um, do you trust the Bible? So this book, uh, We Can Trust the Bible, traces the story of how Moses received a table of stone on which God had written the Ten Commandments, the prophets had dreams and visions, and the Holy Spirit taught and inspired the the disciples. Uh, But we don't need carved rocks and broken pottery to prove that the Bible can be trusted. We can trust the Bible because it's filled with God's promises from beginning to end, and God keeps His promises. Um, We'll give you the code to claim that book um, after the break, uh, but for now let's listen to this song, Whatever, Whatever is True by Rescue.
4: Whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is honorable. We are to think upon these things, yeah. And whatever is true, whatever whatever is right, whatever is honorable. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, author and perfecter of our faith Who for the joy set before Him and to the cross for all our shame Christ is our example of how to live our lives each day So read about Him in His Word to trust demand, and obey Whatever is true Whatever is right Whatever is honorable We ought to think upon these things yeah, And whatever is, true, whatever is true Whatever is right Whatever is, right, whatever is honorable <laughs> Shaded in Christ Jesus for good works That He's prepared in advance for us And He's expressed this in His Word So be imitators of our God As children dearly loved You were once in darkness, now you're light to Him So set your mind on things above Forgetting what's behind. In the time when my soul was dead. Pressing forward towards the goal. To win the heavenly prize instead. Whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is honorable. We are to think upon these things. Whatever is true whatever is, whatever true, whatever is right, whatever is, whatever valid, is whatever honorable. Is we are to think upon these things. We are to think upon these things. We are to think upon
1: This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.
0: That was Whatever is True by Rescue. And you're listening to Tazian Encounters on Faith FM. And uh, we, today we have Daniel Mateo um, presenting this topic of how to understand the Bible. And But before we continue, um, I promise to give you the code to claim our free book offer, which is the book We Can Trust the Bible by Tim Lale. Um and the code to claim that the book is draw one draw um text d r a w 1 no space in between to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one and um we'll be able to send the book to you as soon as we can and um it may take a few weeks uh but we'll try to get that as soon as possible we only have 3 copies to give away so make sure you text quick and we'll be sending um the copy to the first 3 people to text in um, so, Daniel, I believe we are in the last section of today's program. It's your first life program, and you've done really well. I'm impressed. <laughs> um, how would you like to um, finish off today?
1: Oh. Oh, well, if it's okay with you, Tabitha, and uh, thank you kindly for your encouragement. I, uh, if it's okay with you, I'd like for us to, I guess, use practically the, the four little tools that we talked about in our last section. I said that, uh, you know, when we we read from uh, from Nehemiah uh, that uh, it's important to understand you know, find the meaning and and bring it out and make it clear. And, and I uh, talked about how we've got those four questions we can ask of the text, uh, in order to uh, ensure that, uh, that we're, I guess, interpreting it you in know in a faithful way and understanding what it means for us and uh, and applying it in a way that's meaningful and positive. And I thought maybe we could just take a, a random piece of scripture that. I guess uh normally you'd just read and, and glance over and wouldn't mean a whole lot to you and, and maybe apply these these four little questions to it and see um how we can how we can do that. So we'll have a little exercise in, in using it practically. Would that be okay?
0: Yeah. I'm ready yes. for that. <laughs> yeah,
1: okay. Well um let's just read the first three verses of the book of Mark. Would that be all right? And um and we'll just see what we can pull out of it if we just ask those four questions of it.
0: Yeah, sure. That's Mark one verses one to three. Yeah, um, let's read it. Oh. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the world, in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him.
1: Yeah, beautiful. So this, as I said, is just one of those uh, those little passages that I guess as you're reading you'd kind of glance past. But is there some more meaning there if we're going to ask some ask some, some good questions of the text? Well, first of all, we said our first um, question, we have to ask, what is the world behind the text? What's the cultural and situational context? So we know in this time uh, when, uh, when Mark is writing is that the Jewish people had been longing for their Messiah to come for a long time. They'd been in... Uh, captivity uh, for a long time and they were longing for their Messiah to come and rescue them and give them, uh, give them some, not just spiritual freedom but actually they were looking for military freedom as well. So it says the beginning of the good news. Now that word in Greek is Evangelion um, and it, uh, it's where we get the word evangelize but it actually was used in the ancient world uh, as an idea of uh, proclaiming a new king, whenever there was a new Roman emperor on the fo- on the on the throne, uh, a runner would go throughout the whole world and, and say, "Hey, the, you know, good news! Uh, there's a new emperor." And so this this evangelion, you know, this good news that there's a new king, has come. The good news about Jesus, the Messiah, that important word, you know, he's he's come. He's finally this person we've been waiting for to deliver us from slavery, or I should say, not slavery, but deliver us from um, oppression, hmm. has come. And uh, and what do we find out about him? He's the son of God. Goodness me, you know that is a big call indeed uh, for those people. They believe there was one God, and uh, and you know that uh, you know so that was that was that was a big news there. And uh, and then there's this uh, there's this historical background. So straight away you've got um, situationally these words are really significant. So, what's the world around the text? Well, he goes on to say, As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord and make straight paths for him. Mm-hmm. So, these are quotations from the, the Old Testament. You know, this is the, uh, what I said before the intertextuality, how this little passage applies to other parts of the scripture. So, we can go back and, and read Isaiah to find out more information about um, how it can shed light on, on this. Uh, thirdly, what's the world above, above the text? What does it tell us about God? Well, um, prepare the way for the Lord. I mean, you know, the, the idea in, uh, in the book of Isaiah was that this runner would go out ahead of the Lord and the, that idea of the Lord was the, the divine name, the I Am, the, the, what we might understand as the Jehovah or the Yahweh, uh, you know, the, the one God, the eternal God, the creator of the heaven and the earth. And so this is saying something significant about Jesus, That Jesus is the Messiah, yes, he's the Christ, yes, he's he's the Son of God, yes, he's actually divine also. And so this is um, really important. So that's the world above the text that tells us something about who Jesus is. And the fourth question, what's the world in front of the text? What does this mean for me? Mm -hmm. Well, I I discover as I go on and I, I read this passage that he's not just the Messiah, he's my Messiah. He's not just the Christ, he's my Christ. Mm. This isn't just good news for Israel, this is good news for me today because he is the Lord. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. He's not just um, concerned with, I guess, this little patch in the Middle East, he's concerned with my life. And it says... Uh, make straight paths for him that there's a preparation that I have to do in my heart and my life to prepare for his mm. um for his acts and for his coming so so we can just ask those four little questions of, of i guess even those those three verses, and we can find some some significant meaning there for us, can't we mm,
0: this is a very wonderful interpretation the way you've interpreted interpreted this um scripture passage I've never looked at it that way it's It's wonderful.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, and this is the joy of uh, of really studying the scripture. And uh, and one of my favorite uh, preachers, uh, Charles Spurgeon, uh, he published over a thousand years, a uh, thousand years, pu- published over a thousand sermons. Uh, he didn't live a thousand years ago. It's in the... I can't remember the, the year that he died, but it's, uh, <laughs> it wasn't that. He was a recent uh, Protestant preacher.
5: Mm. And
1: uh, he published over a 1,000 sermons in his lifetime. And uh, just as he was getting towards the end of that, he said, I have not yet begun to plumb the depths of Scripture, that there's so much depth mm. there um, uh, within God's Word and that can speak to us personally um, and, um, and yeah, give us help and, and strength to, to make it through this life.
0: Interesting. Um What's our oh, powerful sharing. Thank you so much um, for that wonderful sharing. And um, one thing that has stood out from um, today's program is that um, today's sharing is just, you know, I used to think, you know, when I started reading the Bible, I was, it's like I was on a mission to complete reading the Bible, to complete the whole Bible. Like it was not, That was my main goal, like just finish reading the Bible. I've had people have done that. I can do that. But then later I realized, like, what's the point of reading the whole Bible and not draw any meaning out of it? And so I used to have, like, I'd be like, every day I want to read a whole scripture. And that was okay for Genesis. (laughs) That's fine because I'm very, like, we take, we read um, a lot of, the scriptures from the book of Genesis, but not as much from Exodus and Leviticus. So when I go to Exodus and Leviticus, I thought, oh no, I don't have to read the whole, um, like, one, ch- the whole chapter of the Bible. I can just read a few verses. And as long as the main goal should be to understand, like, draw meaning out of those few verses that I read as opposed to reading the whole chapter and not have any attachment to it or any understanding out of that. And I hope that we can all um, get to do that. Uh, we've had Freko text in. He said, I have have Bible study in my home. Just finished the first five books of Moses. It is the foundation of the Bible. Thank you, Freko, for sharing that with us. And I hope that um, your Bible study goes well and um, you able to draw meaning out of it um, thank you for joining us today just to remind our listeners of the offer, um, the code to claim our free offer which is the book excuse me, <clears throat> we can trust the Bible, um, the code is draw1 1, D-R-A-W 1, no space in between text that to 0488 and uh, we will be able to send that book to you and we only have three copies to give away so we'll be giving to the first three people to text in. Um, What do you have for us next week, um, Daniel?
1: Yeah. Uh, No, no, wonderful. Uh, Thanks for asking. And uh, we're looking forward uh, forward to being together again next week, and we'll continue on a little bit more about, uh, about uh, relating to and understanding the scripture but we want to go a little bit deeper and, and talk about why why is it that we should in- engage with the Bible why is it that we should understand scripture Particular when the, particularly when there's so much messaging in, in our culture today about how um, the Bible is uh, old hat, it's done away with or that it is um, uh, no longer applicable to, uh, to modern life that, uh, why is it that we should really take notice of it and understand it so I will be discussing a little bit more of that next week
0: Oh. so uh, remember to join us next week on Wednesday to learn more about what um, Daniel has to share and tomorrow we have D- David Maxwell with Jason Cook um, David has shifted from Friday so he'll be presenting his programs on Thursdays and he'll be starting a new seri- series on reflecting with Jesus so join him to learn more about what he has to share thank you for joining us today and wherever you are I hope you've been blessed and um enjoy the rest of your day We're going out with this song, Some Trust in Chariots by Ron
5: and Patty Veland. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen. But we are risen and stand upright They are brought down and fallen But we are risen and stand upright Some trust in chariots, some in horses But we will remember the name of the Lord our God Some trust in chariots Some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Some chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God.